Welcome to the One Hand at a Time podcast. I'm your host, Chris Welton. And my guest today is another Chris. It's funny, I did a show a few weeks ago. It was Chris and Chris. Now it's Chris and Chris again, except this is Chris Cawley. She is an unbelievable entrepreneur, a mother of three, and someone who I've connected with recently through our mutual friend, Ben Newman. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me, Chris. So nice to be here. And uh, yeah, it's great to, you meet people, you meet great people, and you usually meet other great people through those people. So it's such a joy to be connected to you and all the great things you're doing. Yeah, it's really cool that, to be able to to connect through Ben. Ben's been very pivotal in a lot of the stuff I'm, I'm working on right now. So anytime he says, oh, you need to call this person, call here, call there, let's, let's do it. So I'm, I'm all about that. And you were super receptive right out of the gate. So I, I want to ask you first, how do you balance, and I know balance is a real weird word these days in our industry, but how do you balance being an entrepreneur and a mother of three? Oh, man. Yeah, you know, that's been my biggest challenge in life, Chris, was, you know, from the get-go when I decided to be an entrepreneur, you know, I, I realized early on, it's actually when my first kiddo was born. Uh, she's 23 now. I have three girls and uh, two of them, you know, 23 and 20 years old, or almost 23 and almost 20, but uh, and then a 14-year-old. It's interesting because when they were born, the first one was born, I was like, you know, commuting two hours to work one way, two hours home. And I'm like, man, this is four hours a day in the car that I could be spending with my kids. Right. So that was like my like, this isn't what I want for my life. Right. I don't want to be gone four hours of the day riding in a car, going to work when she's at home with a, a nanny. And so that's kind of where it started. And since then, I feel like that's been my biggest struggle. If I'm being really real and vulnerable and raw, that's been my biggest struggle is balancing because I have this. Um, I think all of us entrepreneur people have this innate drive to to just crush it and to go and go 200 percent and go after it. And you know, it's sometimes my husband will say, like, when do you ever turn it off? Like, when do you, it's like, you look at everything through a business lens, right? Everything we do, everywhere we go, everything, you see something and you're like, oh, here's how they could improve that. Or here's how this could be. <laughs> it's like, you want to optimize everything. I'm like, it's, it's like a, you know, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, you understand it. You're an entrepreneur, but people who aren't entrepreneurs um, don't understand it. Right. But the thing is, I want to be superwoman at my, at, you know, I want to serve our clients at the highest level. I want to be the best mom. I want to be the best wife. I want to be the best volunteer. You know, I want to serve at my church. I want to do all the things. Um, and it's, it, it is, it is, a, it is a struggle. You know, the biggest thing for me is I think in business, what I started doing a couple of years back, a few years back was prioritizing, like looking at all the things that we do in business. Cause on a day-to-day -day basis, like you, you know, I get seven or 800 emails a day and I get messages on every social platform known to man, ones that I'm not even really like, I've had one post that I've never even really been on there. And I'll get a hundred messages and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Right. But I've prioritized like what, what's the 20% of the things that I'm doing in business that are making all the difference, right? It's usually boils down to if you track your time with as whatever, with parenting, I've done it. I did it in business and now I've done it in parenting. I've done it in different areas of my life. And what I find is, is that 20% of all the things I'm doing as a mom are making the biggest impact, right? Spending an hour every night with each kid separately or just or with all of them together, right? Just quality time, unplugged, intentional, no phones, no nothing. I mean, it's almost like it was like a challenge. Can I do that, right? Can I get off my phone? Can I just be engaged, be, in, be interested, be intentional about spending time and really being interested in what they're doing, right? Same thing with business. Like we get caught up in all these things. I mean, you or I can be busy. A lot of people can be busy checking email all day if we wanted, but that's not what keeps the ship running and keeps it moving forward, right? So there's about 20% of our activities actually produce 100% of the results, you know, and the same in parenting. And so it's just been, it's, it's, it's honestly just being intentional, you know, and really carving out time, carving out dates, carving out vacations, um, when I was young, I chased the money, you know, I was all about the money that I made the money, you know, it's like money's cool, but it's really about the memories. So now the things I spend money on aren't really things. It's, it's like vacations and, and memories and things that I can create. So my kids have experiences and memories. And that's been the biggest, it's paid off tenfold. And now my kids are, I mean, I'm so proud. I'm a proud mom. You know, we're all proud of our own kids, but it's like, okay, I don't, I don't have this like parenting book of what to do or how to do, but they're showing up in their lives and doing great things and they're responsible, amazing adults. And man, it's, but it's, it's no easy game. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm totally in tune with the 20%, right? So that's 
and most people don't ever take the time to break down their calendar to see what is exactly what they do. When I talk to my coaching clients, that's the first thing we do. First thing we do is I want to see your calendar. I want to see the low payoff activities. Why are you cutting your grass? Why are you cleaning your pool? No, I mean, these are high level individuals. I'm not saying that's beneath you, but your hourly rate is way higher than that. That's time you could spend with your family and friends, right? And, yeah. and it's not the and, highest and best use of your time. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Correct. It's not bringing you return. It's not bringing, you're not investing in your kids, investing in your business. You know, there's no ROI on cutting your own grass. You know, there's no ROI for cleaning your own pool or whatever. So, so yeah, the time, spend that hour with your kids. And it's like the, 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 the ROI on things like that, same in our business where we're really targeted and laser focused and, and spending the time on the stuff that actually brings a return. And with kids, it's the, it's just love and attention. You know, we, they don't want this. We think they want the things and we buy them all the things, but they just want your time, you know? And that's been really important to me, especially as my youngest gets up to be like move out age. I'm like, man, I got four years left. I got to like, I got to, I got to go. I got to make sure that she's whatever. I want her to feel like the most important human being in the world all the time. Because when they were little, I was traveling and speaking and webinars and events and all these things. And it's like, you know, but, but I did, I did wake up before they got too big, but it's like, that stuff's important, but it's not the most important thing. They are the most important thing. And it's, but it was the reason I was doing it. I thought I had to chase the money to provide for them what I wanted to provide. So it's, um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big talk all day about balance with motherhood. So it's so easy to chase the money. I mean, that's what I've done or I'd used to do. I don't do it anymore, but young Chris chased the money and I always was attached to the outcome and not the growth in between what I was trying to accomplish. And I missed a lot. So I'll share on this podcast what I haven't shared with a lot of people yet. Now, my oldest daughter's 30. I have a 24 year old daughter. Unfortunately, I, I have a son who passed away in 2020. So I have a son in heaven, but I have, my wife is nine weeks pregnant, almost 10 weeks pregnant right now. So I've got another one on the way. So I feel like I have a chance to redeem myself from chasing the money when the older ones were younger. Now they would probably laugh at that. Um, but for, for me, it, it's the understanding of how important other things are besides the money. And yeah, it's easy for me to say that cause I've made a lot of money in my lifetime. Like it's, I, I can say that, but it's more about understanding that the money really didn't bring me that happiness if I structure my life the right way and do right action consistently, the money comes, the money comes. And I was just on a call this morning and we we're talking about distractions. And I said, right now I have these distractions that are gift wrapped like opportunities. <laughs> they look like opportunities, but when I unwrap them, it's slowing me down from hitting where I want to go and the things I want to accomplish. So I'm curious with your business, I know you have stuff coming at you all the time. You were so kind to get on a podcast with me and I know you're super busy um, and you and I are working on something as well, but do you have, does that happen to you? you they look like opportunities and you peel the paper back. It's, oh, what a distraction this is going to become. You have no idea, Chris. And I'm so bad at that because I, I, I see all these things and everything and, and I want to help everyone and I, I want to be everything to everybody. And I want to build things and grow things. And I see things that are going to like, I'm like, wow, this is a cool, like, for instance, I recently got this health opportunity that it's kind of like combining AI and some other things, but I thought, man, this is going to change humanity. This is going to, it's like a, it's a tool. It's a wellness thing. And people are going to, you know, be preventive health and they can save, they can save lives and all the things. Right. And then I'm like, okay, but that's not my, I mean, I, I have a passion for that. Like I love health. I love wellness. I want to live to be 200. I mean, yes, that's like, I love that, but it's not my God given gift. Right. And what I was put here to do but it might be something I'm like, okay, maybe I invest in it. And I, but I, but I have to be careful because even things that you invest in these days, I need to invest in things that bring me a return, but not that require a lot of my time. Right. And it's hard to find the balance of both, but oh yeah, that's like shiny object syndrome. It's like squirrel, squirrel, you know, <laughs> I think, I think all of us type A entrepreneur people are all guilty of that. We'd be lying if we said we're not, because even the, even the, even things like friend groups, you know, I remember when I was you know, hustling in my twenties and these moms would have like these play dates and things. And I was like, you know, I, I went to a couple and I was like, that's cool and all, but like, 
that's not, where's that getting me at the end of the day? You know what I mean? My, my kiddo was kind of shy and she's like, didn't really enjoy it anyway. And I was like, okay, this is not the highest and best use of my time. <laughs> I mean, like I want to pour into my kid, but a different way. Right. So I think we have to really, you have to guard our, we have to guard our time, um, guard our attention, right? Attention is the new currency. I feel like we have to guard our attention because it's, we live in a world today where, I mean, there's so many distractions. It's not even funny. You go to do something and it's like, before you, you know, I could walk from one room to the next and there's like 10 distractions in, in the interim and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, phone calls, emails, text messages, social media, you know, all the things. So yeah, we have to be really intentional um, about guarding our time and not being, and just being like headstrong about not getting off track. I'm, you know, laser focused, eyes on the prize, keep going, head down, you know, and not letting all these things um, affect us or pull our attention away. So from what we're doing, what we do best. I feel like we speak the same language because I use highest and best use of my time. That's a conversation I have all the time with, 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 with my team, with the, the clients I coach, with everybody. And my wife is probably tired of hearing that highest and best use of my time. But yeah, it's but so, it's true. It is so true. You know, I turned 50 back in September. So like I'm looking at things differently than I did when I was 40. Yes. 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 So, I turned 50 in August. So you're, you're just a year ahead of me. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I'm so focused on the personal growth and the physical part of it. Cause I don't want to feel what I know when I was 30 with your 50, you were old, right? Like I just felt like you're old, but I don't feel old anymore because I'm taking action consistently to, to not go down that path. So let's, let's, let's transition from that for a second. I, you know, you're obviously, um, a high achiever, someone who's got it dialed in. What does your daily routine look like, Chris? Like, do you have a set routine in the morning? You start out that's non-negotiable. I do these things every day, and this sets, like our our friend Ben says, it sets our standard, our standards over feelings, right? Yeah, it set our standard absolutely. Um, yes, and I'm working on that part of myself too because sometimes what I find is some of those distractions get in my way, right? And every day, like I wake up and I want the first thing I do to not be look at my phone. Right. I have to be really intentional about that because it's like I wake up to 400 emails, you know, 50 or 60 messages on social media. I mean, it's it, it never stops. Right. It never stops. It never turns off um, that sort of thing. So the first thing I, I try to not look at my phone um, and just, you know, I don't meditate, uh, but I do pray. And so I pray and I, I show gratitude. You know, I'm grateful for, hey, I woke up today. You know what I mean? I'm here for another day. Um, and I think about the things that I want to do. It's almost like a to-do list, but on a bigger scale of what can I do today that's going to make impact? What can I do today that's going to make a difference? What can I do today that's going to help improve my, the lives of the people around me that I love. Right. And so I look at it more of like big picture and then I get, you know, and if I, I want to say that I work out every day next, that's my plan. And I do sometimes, and sometimes I don't. And I, I so respect Ben because I watch him doing this and it's like so many days of every day. And I'm like, man, I need that discipline because if I, if I let something, if I let something like if I'm going to move something out of my calendar to slide this call in or slide that call in, it's usually like, oh, I'll skip my workout today. And that's not cool. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to my health, but that's what I do, you know, and I'm just being really raw. Why do you know, I'll ask you a question on that. Why do we put up with that from ourselves? Like, like I would not put up with that from anybody else, yep. right? None yep. of my team members, none of my staff that like, I would never put up with that, but boy, I sure will put up with it from Chris. So why does Chris put up with that from Chris? I know, I know it's a great question and it is true. If we had team members that flaked out like that once or twice a week, you'd be like, okay, three times you're out, right? Like enough. That's not acceptable. It's not okay. And it's not okay because if we can't show up for ourselves, how do we show up for others, right? I also prioritize self-care, you know, and things like um, just whatever, massages or just just me time. Just mm -hmm. down low, do nothing, right? Because I don't do, you know, Chris Colley doesn't do nothing hardly ever, right? And it's it's really, it's tough. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't do well just doing nothing or sitting still. Like my husband will be like, oh, let's just go watch a movie. I have a really hard time sitting still for two hours watching a movie. I don't care what movie it is. I, I just don't, you know? And so for some people, maybe it's that, maybe it's unplugging or whatever, but, but I, I try to do all of my work too, before my kids get out of school. I only have one left in school now. So the, the, the youngest gets out of school because after three o'clock, I want to be with her. I want to pick her up. You know, now it's summer. I love summer. It's amazing. 
but like I want to go to all her sports. I don't ever miss a sporting activity or whatever, but I just want to be intentional. I want that time in the car to not be me on a work call, but hey, how was your day? And asking her questions and engaging um, because that's that's why we make all the money in the first place, right? For, for them. So I want to like be intentional. So it's like I try to work between a certain amount of days or, or a certain amount of hours each day. And I saw something the other day on um, someone's calendar. It's, it's, it's a big name. You would know him. And uh, we're getting ready to do a call. And I noticed on his calendar, I commented, I said, it's really cool. He only does calls with people. I don't care who it is. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Monday and Friday are reserved for like his stuff that he's got to do. And I was like, I've actually said that to myself before. Like, I I want to do that. I feel like I can't cram it all in without working a 14-hour day three days a week. And I don't want to work a 14-hour day. So I'm like, how do we do that? But but I do, you know, after my like time for the gym or my self-care, my me time, lunch. And then I work really hard until about 5 or 6 o'clock in the summertime. And the school year, it's before 3 o'clock. And then after that, it's like off and family time. However... I will admit I'm guilty of after like kids go to bed or they kind of unwind or they do their thing at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. There I am. I can work from 10 to two, Chris, and be totally fine with it, which isn't fair to my husband. Right. But I, but I'm also like, it's like, we're just, we have this drive. So it's like a constant battle of fighting ourselves and just trying to be intentional, get rid of the distractions, rid of the phone, rid of the text messages. They can wait, but I just struggle with, I, I just like do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, and think, so, yeah. I think I think part of that though, Chris, is that we need to realize we're worth the wait, right? So I struggled with a lot of that running a mortgage company during COVID. Okay. Mm, so that's, okay. that's in, and it was yeah. seven days a week. Like every day I was managing pipeline calls and doing seven days a week after hours. So everybody knows now that when after five o'clock, Chris doesn't check his email. I don't check my email till the next day. I'm not going to do it. And love it. The, the realization of what happened with that is my wife's in medicine. Okay. So my wife says to me, why do you have to answer the phone at seven o'clock at night in the mortgage business? No one's dying. Now in her industry, people do die if you don't answer the phone. But for me, she's like, no one's dying. Like they may feel like they're dying. Right. I'm like, gosh, I never thought about that. That's true. So I tell people that now I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you after hours on certain things. They're the First of all, I can't wire transfer money to close a loan after that, that time of night anyway. So what does it really matter? Right? So I had to give myself permission to pull back a little bit. And that's super hard as a type A person who's just a driver, right? Just to go, 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 go. Yeah. But it's been such a breath of fresh air ever since I did that. And I don't check those emails anymore. And now some of my team members will tell you I'm really bad at email anyway, so it didn't matter. But I, <laughs> I'm i not going to, because I'm like you, if in the morning, if I grab my phone and the first thing I do is look at my email, it's 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. It's stressful too. Yep. It adds a whole nother level of stress. And it's not the way I want to start my day, right? I don't want to start my day with all the fires I have to put out, right? Or all the things that are, what about this? What about this? Or this is happening. It's like, you know, it's room wasn't built in a day. Everything's going to happen. It's everything. It always works. It always works out. We always fix the problem. We always solve the problem. We know how to solve all the problems. Um, but it's not like running around with our hair on fire 24-7. It's not good for our health either. It's not good for ourselves. It's not good for our families. It's not a good example. We're not leading by example, living our lives that way. So um, it's so true. And I still, you know, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old, but you know, I like to say I've got it about 90% of the way figured out, right? But there's always a piece or I kind of, you know, revert back or I'll be like, oh, I, I have this tendency to want to just fix it, right? I feel like if it's fixed, it's off my plate and then I'm on to the next challenge, you know? So um, I need to be better at that. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I and, and it, it was it was a struggle for me, but I'm there now and I'm not going to return. And, and, I, and I take two vacations a year where I don't check email. Like, wow, we go to the Caribbean. And we'll land in Miami to fly the Caribbean. And when we're transferring flights, I will disconnect my work email from my phone. And I won't turn it on again until I land back in, in Miami to change planes from international flight coming home. That's great. Do you check text, text messages or social media on that time? Um, I might get on a little bit of social media, but nobody from work better text me about anything. I'm not going to respond. Not responding. Yeah, I'm just not going to figure it out. And I and I always say before I leave, if the building's on fire, call nine one one. Okay, because I I can't put the fire out. 
But yeah. the last time I landed though in Miami to come back and I turned my emails on, I had 4,900 emails. Oh my word. And, um, and that made me realize even more. Now the first two days, I gotta be honest, Chris, every time the first two days I go through detox, like it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? But I owe it to my wife to be present when we're on our trips, mm-hmm. you know, at least two of them a year. Now we take multiple vacations. So some of them I do work a little bit. And if we drive somewhere, I'll work in the car to get there and stuff. But those big trips, it, I, I just, I have to, I have to let it go. I love that. I'm going to Europe for three weeks um, and next weekend. And uh, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie because it's like the biggest thing. I'm going to five countries. I mean, we're going all over the place. It's like the vacation of a lifetime. Like two of my kids are grown and I want, this is probably our, our last vacation before one, like, Hey, you want to bring the husband or the boyfriend or whatever, right? Like just the five of us. And I want that. I, I, that's my goal is I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do all these things. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be engaged. And um, that's a tough thing to do to unplug though. When you own the business, like uh, my husband, like just, just turn it off. Just turn your phone off or just leave your phone or your laptop behind. I'm like, but, but it is easier said than done. You know what I mean? Just to, just to make sure like everything's okay for, for that period of time. It's no joke, but, um, but no, I love that. I respect that. I think that's really cool that you do that. And you're right. We owe it to our families to do that. It's a couple of times a year. And the thing is, if you're pouring into yourself and investing in yourself that way, when you come back, you have more to, to give to others because it's like you've recharged the batteries uh, and they're seeing a better version of you anyhow because you did unplug and did unwind. And now it's like, I come back from things like that feeling like a million bucks. Like, okay, here we go. Oh yeah. Like I, I get so much like brainstorming work done on long flights. Like that's some of the best stuff I do, especially if for some reason the plane doesn't have Wi-Fi, so I can't connect with anybody. I'm just like journaling it, it out. And I tell that to our staff and team members, my business partners. I'm like, if I get an email from them when they're on vacation, they don't like my response. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what seriously, are you doing? what are you doing? Get back on the beach, enjoy your family, do your thing. So such a good, such good advice. Yeah. If, 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 if we could tell our younger selves that or anybody watching, you know, like, Hey, it, it's, it's, it's true. It's important. Uh, and you don't realize it when you're, you know, when I was 25, I didn't even think about that. Right. It wasn't until I got a little bit older and now I'm like, oh gosh, and I don't want to have regrets. So I'm like, this is important, you know? So, uh, good, good advice. Great advice. Great I remember being in my, you know, being, uh, I actually was a sales manager in a car dealership when I was 20 years old. Right. So yeah. And wow. that was before cell phones tells you how that was. And, and I literally had a pager. And they would page me and I would keep a roll of quarters in the console of my car and I'd have to pull over from a payphone on my day off and call. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I'm like a doctor. I'm on call. I'm like, that was the craziest thing ever. Why did I have a pager to run a car dealership? Yeah. I remember the days of the pagers wearing them on our belt clip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So- oh, yeah. I thought I was cool with my pager and, and calling all the time. And now I'm like, okay, I'm never do- I would never do that again. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I'm not afraid to turn my phone off. That's where it all started. The pagers is where it started. It really <laughs> you know, did, right? The text messages and the days of the Blackberry, you know what I mean? The whole Oh yeah. Thing, and it's like, oh my gosh. And now, yeah, we thought that was so amazing. And now it's like, okay, now it's, you know, and now all the things. I mean, it's just it is crazy how technology, you know, with AI, I'm wondering, is it gonna get worse or is it gonna get better? Yeah, that's a great question. My biggest fear of AI is that people are not gonna be um for me, it doesn't, it allows me not to work as hard when I'm doing discovery or doing different things. Like it's like supercharged Google. Like I remember having to get an encyclopedia out, right. Or reading the newspaper to figure out stuff. And now I just say, I just tell chat GPT to, Hey, make a post about this, this, and this for Facebook. Boom. It does it. I'm like, okay, copy paste. Like it's like, it's, it's great, but it's not good. It's not good. You know, and the other thing I heard, um, at a mastermind I was in, the other day and someone was saying, oh, I created a course and it was my, it's my voice and it's my picture and it looks like me talking. And I thought to myself, that's just weird because I would never want the world, if, if I'm coming on my social media or something like this, it's me it, authentically raw, real, whatever. It's not some talking bobblehead. It's my recorded voice that I told her what to say. I mean, it's a little that to me and maybe it's just because I'm 50 years old. I don't know, but Cause my kids are like, this is so cool. I'm like, 
yeah, cool to an extent, right? But some of that is just like, if is it the person? Is it not the person? I don't like that piece of it. Yeah, when I'm DMing with people and stuff or someone DM me, DMs me and I go to respond, like, this is really me, just so you know. It's not it's not somebody else running my page or, that, or whatever. Or it's not a software, right? It's not yeah. a bot, right? Because it's like sometimes it's a bot or it's a chat bot and and that that's that's our world we live in. But but you do see that now. People will say, Is this really a is this a human? Is this a person? Is this Chris? You know what I mean? Um, kind of a crazy world when it's gotten to that. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I don't feel like that. I think it's going to do a lot of great things, but I, that piece, I'm a little bit like, eh. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. I am. Yeah, where do we and, draw the and, line, you know? Yep. So let's talk about publishing. Let's talk sure. about publishing books because that's how we connected and and and, yeah. um, and and try and we're working on some stuff there together. But Check. what drew you to coming up with, with the publishing company half? Yeah. So I did way back in the day, I spoke at an event, um, just, just a typical, you know, speaking at seminars and what, and events, masterminds, all these things. And, uh, a gentleman approached me and said, Hey, you should, um, you should take this, what you're doing and, and bring it, sell it on TV. And I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And he said, and then turns out it was the infomercial world. And uh, he introduced me to a by, guy by the name of Dean Graziosi, who is now, you know, head head Tony uh, Robbins companies. And um, and we recorded an infomercial. And it's funny when I got there that week, they said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a book, and we're gonna sell a book on TV." And I was like, "Well, what do you mean we're gonna sell a book? I don't have a book." Like <laughs> it's like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna create a book. We're gonna speak it and just and whatever and get it all out there and." Uh, transcribe and edit and all the things and send it off and 48 hours they're going to print it and send it back and we're going to sell it on tv and and drive inside the book drive people to your back-end business and i was like huh that's pretty interesting you know what i mean and so that's where i learned the business and i learned the power of what a book did for people the visibility the credibility the authority it 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 exploded my business exploded it and then inside the book we were driving readers to a back-end business, which of course was at that time was consulting. And so that's where I learned the concept. And when I sold that business and I was consulting, people kept saying to me, the biggest question I was getting over and over and over by these really successful high-performance entrepreneurs was, how did you do it? How did you build a following like that? How did you build, how did you do this? Where did you get all those people? How did you, you know, speak on all these stages and travel the world, all these things? And I was like, well, and I told that story, like, here's how we did it. So I was asked a lot about the how-to. So I was walking people onesie twosie to the tune of a few hundred of them through this process, right? And then I thought to myself, okay, it got to where I was doing so much volume, I couldn't control the outcome of the quality or the time frame because I was kind of outsourcing. And I was like, I've got to bring this all in-house. So we decided to bring it all in-house and start our own publishing company and our own imprint or actually have our own label. And here we are, you know, years and years later. Uh, and we only publish books for entrepreneurs. We only work with entrepreneurs. So it's a really cool thing because it's, um, we're helping them and we can only help, you know, X number of authors per year, but then they're the audiences that they're the impact and the audience is the number of people there in the lives they're impacting. It's such an enormous amount of people. Um, and they all have cool things. They're all doing cool things in the world and sharing cool things. So it's a great business. It's amazing the number of entrepreneurs we interface with every month and the cool things that they're up to. So I really enjoy it because of that, you know, the interfacing with different entrepreneurs doing really cool things in the world. It's such a unique idea. And as I struggle to grow the areas that I want to focus on outside of the mortgage business, which is my coaching and speaking and, and the podcast platform. I've been able to put myself in rooms with people to learn more and more. You know, I, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole podcast idea came up when I spent a whole day with Brad Lee and Renee Rodriguez in a room in Vegas back in October. And he said, Chris, the first thing you have to do is create a podcast. So I went and bought all the stuff and I created a podcast and I'm getting traction with that. And then, and then we had the one Jordan idea that I got from, from Renee Rodriguez. And I've been implementing that and connecting with people. So it's like, okay, a book is the next phase. That's the next thing. And then when I, I won Jordan to our friend, Ben Newman, and he called me the day after Christmas. And he's like, that's the craziest thing someone's ever sent me. And so Ben and I relationship took off and he's like, Chris, you got to write a book. We, we got to go to book. So then that's when he, when he connected me with you and, 
Um, so I'm really excited about that part of it. My dad, my dad self-published a few books when, when he was alive and, um, he'd be super proud to see that I did that. I'm doing, that I'm going down this, this course with it. And, um, I was at a, in, in Southern California a few weeks ago, we, we chartered this tall, this tall sailboat, this tall ship out of, uh, LA Harbor. And we took out my dad's ashes and my grandparents ashes out to sea. And I was sitting there around with my family and I was telling my stepmom the story about, Hey, and I, I just gotten off a call with you. I think a couple of days before that. And I'm like, I'm going to do this guys. This is what I'm going to do. And they were just like, so emotional about it saying your dad would be so proud of you taking action and going after and doing that. So, um, you know, I met you for that reason. You were put in my life for that reason. So I can't wait to see where, what that leads. And then I, I was, I'm going to be at the Ben Newman event. So we'll get to meet in person in October, which is going to be even, even cooler. Cause I like to have people on the show. And then when I meet them in person, it's like, Hey, we already know each other. So let's, let's just hang out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's so great. It's such a great community that way. It is interesting too, how the books, how it all kind of comes full circle and you meet people and other people and refer people. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's a great group of, because I think community, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely, lonely road, right? And it gets lonely at the top. You make it and then you're like, okay, now what? Right. But it's nice to have the community and the people and the the friendships and just uh, the people who can share the the ups and downs of the journey with you, you know? So I love that. And I love nothing more than to get to meet people that we've, I've either been on their show or we've helped them publish their book or whatever. It's just a cool spoken to their event. They speak at our event, that sort of thing. It's just really cool to, to be able to do that. So yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's really exciting. So, um, let me ask you this. What, who do you lean on as far as mentorship and as you're, you know, I have to, I have a coach and then I'm getting some, and Ben Newman is one of my mentors and Renee Rodriguez. And so I can call them whenever I need something, but then I have a coach that is holds me accountable to a high level, which is the only reason really that I've made so many, so much growth, had so much growth the last couple of years. What about you, Chris? What do you do? Yeah. So, uh, a lot of prayer, a whole lot of prayer, uh, and community for sure. I mean, I will say it's a little different that I feel like, um, you know, there, we have this local mastermind. I live in Dallas, Fort Worth, and we have this local mastermind girl of women um, because I feel like the the entrepreneur world is it's 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 a world, right? And it's like, and I have a lot of amazing people and coaches and mentors and masterminds that I've been a part of. And those are all amazing relationships. But I also um, sometimes I feel like where are the other rock star female entrepreneurs too? And I want to I want to find that community too because you know when I take my kids to school or pick them up from school and, you know, all these, the moms there, most of them don't work or they have professional jobs, but nobody really works on They don't understand like our world. Right. So I feel like it's a unique world. So it's just nice to have community with people that understand and know what we do and how we do and all the things. So, I mean, I, I actually invest myself and do masterminds a lot for that, for that reason, um, because I, it's community for me. Right. Then, of course, coaching, um, you know, coaching. I have coaches, you know, for spiritual development, uh, all of it, business development, all the things, you know, just just being an optimal version of me and myself and um, giving, making sure I'm performing at the highest level where I can give the most of myself to other people and have an impact. Because in the beginning, it's like all about the money. But as you get older, it's about the impact, right? So it's like, I just want to make sure that I'm leaving my legacy, leaving my mark on this world. And to do that, we do have to pour into ourselves and we do have to have coaches and things. And um, yesterday, it's funny, I had a session with a guy that was talking about like just things like little, we all have our little things, right? Or whatever, little hangups or whatever. And he brought something out in me. I mean, it made me cry. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, but it brought something from my childhood that was, it wasn't a bad memory, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a great memory. It was just tied to, my parents being divorced and, um, you know, I came from nothing, like nothing. We had nothing. Um, and it was like that, I mean, that makes me sad because I don't want, I mean, I've given back and now I've like, I helped my mom out. I helped my dad out and helped everybody out. Right. And now my kids have a great life, but, but it's like, I just, um, he was talking about like what drove me, like what was my motivation or what, what, uh, where did the drive come from? Right. And I think the drive stem from my 11 year old self where I was like, I don't want 
this for my life when I'm older. I don't want my kid's life. And it wasn't that my parents were bad. They just, they worked hard. They just didn't get paid a lot of money for what they did. You know what I mean? So it's not like they were lazy or didn't work or whatever, right? But it was just, it was an interesting thing. But that, it it's crazy though, when you bring that stuff up, when you have a mentor or a coach or someone that brings that up in you, it's the littlest things that we don't even think are the things. We don't even know, like, I don't ever think about my childhood like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just started asking me questions and it was like, oh man, it was heavy. Chris, but that's wow. so good because that's what Renee does. So Renee, like, he talks about between the ages of nine and 13. That's really, you know, and you have either a foghorn or a lighthouse in your light, life there. And that gener- and that really sets the tone for where you're at to bring out what you're, you know, what makes you unique in life. So I'm so glad you shared that because I literally spoke this morning and that's what I talked about. Wow. When I, when I spoke with Remax this morning, it was all about what's your, you know, that we have this thing, they say, what's your name? What do you do? What makes you unique? And then we break down what makes us unique and the reason why what makes us unique is something that happened between the ages of nine and 13. Was it a foghorn that's like, I don't want to be like that. Or was it a lighthouse that said, Hey, you could be a coach, mentor, a family member, whatever. So you literally just said when you were 11 years old, you brought it in. And I did the same thing with Keller Williams last week up in Columbus, Ohio. And I had an agent in there break down and cry and she left and she came back and I'm like, Hey, that you got to understand the breakthrough you just had is so valuable because our origin story is what separates us from everybody else that's out there pitching or doing whatever. So Chris, the growth you'll get from that, I mean, you're already a boss and just like on it, but you just opened the door to a whole nother level. Like, like really, you know, he was, he calls it alignment, like just getting aligned with, but it's funny how things like that, we don't think that stuff matters or we don't, we don't look at it like we just we're living our life and these things are happening, but you don't know why they're happening or what's, you know, and my, I've been very blessed. I feel very blessed, but sure. I have things that happen and I'm like, huh, you know what I mean? Or, or I think of things a certain way, or I have a, like even my drive, sometimes I do want to turn it down or turn it off. Um, and it's, it's almost impossible. I feel like sometimes like, right. I just can't even, but it's like the fear of not enough, like not having enough or not being enough or not, you know, because that's what, that's what happened. But, but it's interesting that he pegged it to that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like literally like the moment that I, that, that in my head, like I, I went back to the childhood moment that that's where it started. And I was 11 years old. And I, re- I remember it like is vivid, like what I had on everything. It's crazy that that is what, you know what I mean? And and so coaching and mentoring and things like that, like that's something that who in the world could just, I mean, and it, honestly, I've done one other session with him and it was more tied around growth and delegation and growing your business, but letting go, things like that. And I'm here to tell you, Chris, that next month, it was like, it was unbelievable. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? all good but but when it's crazy like those little things that we do and we pour into ourselves or invest in ourselves and like the craziest things happen but yeah i'm a big fan big believer of not just community and whether you call it mastermind is the word today whatever right but community of like-minded people in the same boat in the same journey um or mentorship coaching you know you still have to invest in yourself and pour into yourself and and grow because if you're you know if you're not growing you're dying you have to you have to evolve, you know, so that you can be the best version of yourself. So I feel like it's really important. And and Ben is an amazing mentor, an amazing mentor to many. And I know he's like, this stuff that he's pouring into people and his books and his, it's incredible. So yeah, it's, it's I feel blessed to be around people like this pouring into my life uh, and leading me in life. So gosh, Chris, I tell you, I, I feel, I feel like we're kindred spirits like this, like we, like, like, like we're on the same, like, not only do we share the, share the same name, but it's just like, we're speaking the same language and, and everybody's listening to this. We literally had no plan of questions or anything. This, none of this was staged. This was just, I told her, I said, you know what, let's just get on here and have a conversation and boom, we're 40 minutes in and we're just like rolling. So this is really amazing. I want to, I, I want to talk to you about something I learned the other day and, um, you know, I was at a, a mastermind type of deal with Renee down in, in, in Miami 
um, the, his Amplify event that we do. And, um, and I was in a room with some super high level individuals down in South beach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of my biggest takeaways was a gentleman who's very, very successful in the building side of things, you know, private jet kind of successful, right? We all have friends. And then there's that next level, the guy who's got the private jet, that's a whole nother level, right? Like, yes. you know, my favorite private jet is my friend's private jet, right? Cause I'm not there yet, but he talked about what he practices with his kids and something that his dad practiced and his dad's business was pretty good. He's a rarity. Like we all know these mass, these, these companies that have been super successful. And then, then the second generation comes in and they just lay an egg, right? Like they just blow it up. His dad had a good business, but then him and his brothers took over and they've taken it to just another level. And he talked about something I'd never heard of before with children. It's called intentional adversity, right? You and I, like I came from nothing. I struggle. We like the, our struggles were different, but it was, we didn't have a lot, right? So how do we put intentional adversity in our kids' lives so they don't turn into, for lack of a better word, my wife says, I don't want to raise, excuse my language, an asshole. I don't want to raise that because we all know those kids. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so how yes. have you done that, Chris? I mean, you're, you, you know, obviously you're successful to a high level. We, we love what our children are doing, but how do we create intentional adversity to be able to, to, to make sure they don't turn into those people we don't want to be around? That is so true. I, I think it, I think it's rooted in um, I mean, because I do feel like it's like all the people that I that I know that have had like just massive success, generally speaking, they come from nothing. So I don't know if that's because it's just I don't know. I mean, they unless it's like that, like generational or whatever. Right. But it's usually it's like just I don't know if that creates some innate drive or, you know, back in the day, it was hustle culture, whatever you want to call it. Right. But we had the hard times. You know, I worked three jobs while I was in college. Like I, I struggled, right? I live week to week. I live paycheck. I saw it. I, I, I lived it as a kid. And I was like, I'm getting as far away from that as I possibly can. Uh, and I'm not going to trade my time for money. You know, I'm not going to do that. So I've had a job ever because I was like, I'm going to create my own, my own future. I'm going to create my own path. And it's like our kids, yes, my kids are blessed. My kids have things that I never would have, you know, I never went on a family vacation as a kid ever, ever. We take several a year, right? So, but but at the same time, my husband always says that to me. He's like, we want them to be responsible, kind human beings. And I think it is rooted in their, you know, my kids grew up in a, and I speak very proudly of my faith, but they were in a small Christian school, you know, morals, values, all the things that lead to, I feel like more than anything, no matter what, of course I want my kids to be successful, but I want them to be, you know, human beings with compassion for others and morals and, and just a passion for people, you know, and, and to help people just be good humans, right? Overall. So I feel like there, you do have to though, as you teach them about money and you teach them about investing and you teach them about, you know, things like that. Um, I think it's important that they see that something that we did too, for all of our kids so far uh, or over the years is we took them on mission trips, right? And a mission trip really showed my kids like they they went to the poorest places of the poorest places and, and another third world countries. And they're both of them separately, privately told me the biggest takeaway for me was, wow, we have we're very blessed. Right. They're like, wow, they, they, it made them grateful for what they have. But they're like the interesting thing for both of them was that these people who live, who sleep on the dirt at night, um, literally with like a, a little tin shed over their head right and have nothing he, they're both said they're the happiest people they went to different places in the world happiest people i've ever seen they're the happiest and they have nothing and they don't have cell phones and they don't have tv and they don't have radios they don't have they don't have anything they have nothing they don't even have a place to sleep they don't have pillows for god's sakes you know what i mean so it's like and the, 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 they just couldn't believe that they were so joyful and happy so it's like it taught them both to kind of like look inside like wow and it also showed them how blessed they are because it, it, that's the life that some people live and that's their life, right? It's not just, and it's a lot of the world. It's not just them. So not that we have to go outside of the U.S. to do that, but I think volunteering and doing things that um, where they have to serve really makes them grateful for the life they have and it gives them compassion for other people. You know, um, that's a piece of it. And I think with the money side of it, it's like just just budgeting and just showing them things that they have to work you know, my husband's like, they should get a job. Yes, you're teaching them to run their own business and they're doing great at that. 
but you need everybody needs to my daughter she had got a job as a barista and she was like wow like nine bucks an hour doesn't go very far for that hundred dollar makeup palette that i want to have to work all week i'm like so it really showed her that and what's that FICA hand- thing? What's that FICA thing on my, on my, what are those numbers in the bottom of my check stuff? What does that well, mean? Where, where, where's half my check? Where did it go? What, what I remember one time she said to me, she got her first credit card because we're trying to teach her about credit and leveraging her credit and such. And she was like, if I, if I use this, to spend, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but she goes, if I spend, if I use this card to pay for something, do I have to pay that money back? I'm like, oh my gosh. So, but it just goes to show the things that they're learning in school and things. I'm like, nobody teaches them about budgeting, credit cards, building credit, all the things that, that matter in life. You can't function as an adult, not knowing those things, but it was like, man, how to write a check. I mean, I know we don't write checks anymore, but 10 years ago when I asked my oldest to write a check, she was like, what are you talking about? Write a check. What's that? You know what I mean? Because it's all just debited from their bank account, you know? Yeah. And, and the physical literacy part is so powerful. Like, so I live in the state of Florida and to graduate from high school now, you have to take a, a, a semester of physical literacy. That's a requirement to graduate from high school. Right. So yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, we, we catch the bad habits of our parents when it comes to money or the good habits. But most pe- most Americans have bad habits, right? Like I thought when you made the money, you were supposed to spend it all. Like I thought that's what you did. Like I didn't understand yeah. any of yeah. that stuff. So, so I had to figure that out on the fly, and I had to figure it out from bad habits and figure and turn into good ones. So, yeah, I think the physical literacy part is 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 super important. Well, I think that's important. And I think the 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 I've got to remember that intentional adversity. I think that's. Uh, I think that's so important. It's so true. And it's like, I'd be curious what his, what his advice was for that. You know what I mean? How do you instill that, but not, you know? Yeah. He said, that's the struggle he's having right now with his young kids. And and he gave me, he told us, you know, because when you're with Renee, he breaks it down for you. And, and we talk about the origin stories and a lot of it's bad stuff. He's like, I don't have bad things, but I can tell you that when I was nine years old, my dad was developing a sub- developing a subdivision. And in the summertime, he would drop me off with a weed eater and a bottle of water. And he would come back at the end of the day. Yeah. And he would pull up and crack his window and say, how's, how's stuff going? And I would say, dad, why is your window cracked? He's because I don't want the air conditioning to get out. Like that's no, I'm not here to pick you up. But he taught him intentional adversity at a young age. So his struggle is now like, my kids see that I have a private jet. They see that I have these things. How do I control that, right? Like, how do I make make sure we don't have that situation? And and, and I saw something the other day, and Den, it was Denzel Washington, I believe, and he was talking about that great, you know, um, strong or great people create bad times, and bad times create or, or uh, create bad times, and bad times create weak people. And weak people, it just went on to this. I, I know I screwed it all up there, but but it was all about adversity and how we have to understand that it, there's a, there's adversity or requirement for everybody to continue staying strong and staying on course. And for me, and and I'm look, I'm the soft one. Okay, I'm the one that if my kids call that I you know, and my my wife's like, hey, who sent you money when you when you were struggling when you were 20 years old or 20 years old? I'm like. Nobody. I figured it out. She goes, okay. So we didn't have anything to send us money, right? Like that wasn't even an option. My parents didn't have money to send me. So it's like, we just figured it out. Go get another job. Whatever you got to do, you just do it. You know? So it is a different, that's, that is something that I feel like, um, is, is way different, right? My kids' lives are way different than, than my life when I was their age, but I do feel like it's still rooted in morals, values, uh, the things that they're raised, the things they're taught, compassion, showing them, you know what I mean? Like just, just showing them that the world, this is not the norm. This is not the norm and you can have it, but you got to work for it, right? No one's going to hand it to you. No one's going to give it to you. Um, you know, so you, you, it's hard work. It's all the things. It's like, it takes this and this and this. So I feel like, I don't know, so far so good. You know what I mean? I feel so blessed how my kids are, they're turning out and have turned out, but, um, Who's to say, you know, and I think that that's a big, that's a big thing though, for people that are really successful, they don't want their kids to be, turn out to be like entitled brats, right? 
Um, this is not going to serve them well in life, you know? No, it's uh, not. It's not. not. So let, let, I want, I want to finish up with a couple of things. One is, can you think of what the best compliment your, your children have ever, has ever given to you? Any of your children have given to you like the, the highest compliment they, you receive from them? Just, I mean, they, they will say to me sometimes like they appreciate the way I love them. You know, I love on them and it's, it's a good, it is interesting when you look at the things your kids are grateful for, it's never, thanks for buying me that. You know what I mean? Or thanks for, it's never about the things they have. It's about the things that, you know, thanks for spending time with me today or thanks for, and it's so crazy because you're like, your kids shouldn't have to thank you for spending time. You know what I mean? But it's always like, thanks for just listening to me. You know, thanks for just being there. You know what I mean? And um, I think that's the thing is to just say no, it's just unconditional love, really. You know, and them being grateful for that, which makes me just like, oh, you know, breaks my mom hearts. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, but that it just goes to show that's what matters. You know, it doesn't all the stuff and the things don't matter. It's the it's the unconditional love and the compassion and the and the attention, you know, just our attention. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So No, that that's that's powerful. I'm I'm glad you could share that with us. And then if someone wants to reach out to you, follow, like what's the best way to connect with Chris? Um I would say probably just if they could, do you want me to give my website or is that yeah, what you? Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes too, but sure, it's, some sure, people it's... don't do that. They just want to listen. Yeah. Well, on, on, on like Instagram's probably my, my biggest, like in terms of like the social media that I pay the most attention to, it's just official Chris Colley. Facebook is official Chris Colley um, or just Game Changer Publishing. That's our website and there's contact information on there. But um, yeah, we just kind of out there forging ahead, leading the world, helping people, you know, publish their stories. So um, it's great. And I, I'm always happy just to even connect on calls and things, just to talk to other entrepreneurs who are out there just doing things. You know, it's just great. to. It's pretty amazing people's stories and where they come from and where they're going, what they're doing, how they're doing, all that kind of thing makes me just, um, it makes me grateful. It makes me grateful for um, what I do every day. So I love what I do. I love my people. Um, I love my team. Um, and it's just lovely to connect with people like yourself that just, just real world entrepreneurs. We're all just same humans in the same boat, rowing in the same direction. And, uh, it's great to be connected. And, uh, you know, again, just, if I can ever help somebody or serve somebody in any way, something that's going to help them get ahead. We all started somewhere, right? You and I were talking about that earlier, how we all started somewhere and everybody needs a chance. Everybody needs a leg up. Everybody needs a connection. And, uh, if I can ever add that or be that for someone, that, you know, I want to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to, happy to serve at the highest level at all times. So yep. that means so much. And, 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 and everybody's listening. She's not just saying that she's been that way for me. She was very easy to connect with and, and we just jumped right in. So Chris, thanks again for taking the time to be on my show. It's, it's an honor, uh, to have you on here and, and I can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you. Same here. Really looking forward to it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Chris. Thank you so much for tuning in to the One Hand at a Time podcast today. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and share. I'm often asked if I'm available for speaking opportunities or accepting new coaching clients. The answer is yes. Feel free to click the Calendly link in the show notes to set up a 30-minute call with myself. And remember, as we move forward in life, we do it one hand at a time.